Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North. Kyle and Sam here. And uh, against all odds, the Vikings yep. pull out a win Monday night football against the 49ers. What what a game. I was thinking this morning, I was like, uh, is this the best game since when? And uh, the only thing is that last year we had a couple of right. games, uh, whether you want to talk about Indianapolis uh, coming back, uh, setting yeah. a record, uh, and you talk about maybe the Bills game, because that was just insane back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But maybe in terms of like quality of opponent, and again, I know yeah. the 49ers had some injuries, um, but the Vikings beat a very, very good team, a team that we said last week, probably the best in the NFL, uh, mm-hmm. Monday night football. What a game, some, some individual performances, but yeah, maybe just, I'm curious, Kyle, your thoughts on what happened last night. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll start off with, uh, like, this is not at all what I perceive for basically weeks. I was penciling this in as a loss. And even if they had Justin Jefferson, I wouldn't have picked the Vikings to win it. You know what I mean? Like, and I didn't even really think it mattered that much that they didn't have Trent Williams or Debo. You know what I mean? And both of whom are great players. Um, to my mind, San Francisco is the class of the NFL. They're right there, neck and neck with some of these other teams. Um, if there had to be a Super Bowl today, I think they'd win it. Like I, I think they're the best team in the NFL kind of thing. And so getting the win was not something I could foresee at all now i realize you know yeah strange things happen and we all know that um within this cold hard dose of reality hits you know in that opening possession sam you're probably thinking what a lot of people are thinking right and then we have this target to jordan addison and Traverius ward who's got the size advantage just makes this tremendous play and it's just kind of out physical out compete gets the interception and then there's this sense of like here we go again, which is so pervasive for people who, whether you're a fan, whether you're a writer, an analyst, whether you're a completely neutral observer, who just kind of pays attention to the Vikings sometimes, who doesn't really have any emotional ties. Like, that that feeling of here we go again is so common and so hard to fight against because the Vikings have given people so many reasons to doubt them. And to think that they basically don't have it, right? And so to pull off the win, Monday Night Football, San Francisco 49ers, you started two and four. Your two wins were by a single score against the friggin' Panthers and the Bears, arguably the two worst teams in the NFL. Panthers are bad, bad. The Bears are in contention for bottom three teams in the NFL. And you beat them without... Uh, fields for a good portion of the game. So there wasn't a lot of confidence. I don't think I had zero confidence in them. My official prediction was 34-24. And that's something I put down on paper, so to speak. Uh, Over at Vikings territory, Dustin Baker has his staff predictions. And that has gone poorly for me this year. I have not done well in the Vikings predictions. Too optimistic to begin the year. Too pessimistic right now. Uh, I'm hoping that I'm like Goldilocks and I can kind of, you know what I mean, find the the bowl of porridge that's not scalding hot, not ice cold, and kind of get that prediction series going in a good spot. But 
that's kind of where I find myself. Mostly just this sense of surprise, uh, especially especially given how the game began. I mean, you can't. I mean, when you look at it, Sam, you think back. Was there any part of you at all that was like? Oh no, the Vikings get this. Like it's all good. Like Kirk Cousins threw an interception on like play three or four. Like there's there is that sense that creeps in where you're like, okay, here we go. Same old Vikings. Yeah, it it was. And I think when you saw what like that that play, I would say it was one of those turnovers that was it was a better turnover than other turnovers have been this year, in the sense that like it was like right. a little bit poorly thrown, but defense made a great play. Uh, and it was again like you it's just you've come to expect it we came to expect almost last year that the Vikings would put points on the board on that opening drive and now it's like how are they going to figure out how to turn the ball over on on this drive like it's right it's, it's happened a lot um, and again I think there is this I it's I, I think it's borderline impossible to feel like you've got a ton of confidence in this team yep. to be able to to pull through but last night felt different. And I think like you, yeah. you almost look back and and um, it's too bad that you can't just have some confidence because uh, if you really look at it from a whole body of work, like the Vikings played, I, like I think it's fair to say, again, it's not perfect, but I thought they played like very well, like borderline on like phenomenal. Like it mm-hmm. was like considering the circumstances, everything that happened and like, for them to go and you say that first drive, you turn over the ball and then to force yeah. that fumble, it was like, Oh, like, no, you can do this. And I think this is what we've been talking about for weeks and weeks yeah. and weeks. It was like, the, you know, that it's there, you know, it's possible, but yeah. you just haven't put it together. And they did last night. And I think if you want mm-hmm. to look at the team, like rally, there were some really great individual performances, but, um, your leader, your quarterback, Kirk Cousins, was like fantastic, incredible. Like I don't know fantastic. what I don't know what a, a PFF grade would have been for him last night. I know the interception wouldn't help, but like yeah. just from a body work and just the way that he stood in there and uh, again started off the game running the ball well, uh, it really got swallowed up later in the game. Like they were it not did. going anywhere, and you kind of knew that they they were going to have to pass, and he stood in that pocket and just was like a pitcher throwing those balls in there and um made it happen it was like it was beautiful mm-hmm. to watch well it's funny you use the sports metaphor because that that's not actually the one that Kirk Cousins uses if you listen to Kirk Cousins press conferences he talks about being a point guard and his job is just distributing it to all his playmakers right and just putting these crisp passes on the money let your playmakers go score go make plays right and so um kind of similar idea though right and and the uh the baseball metaphor is quite apt given the uh phenomenal MLB playoffs taking place right now friggin phenomenal product going on in baseball beside the point though to Sam's point about kind of like this game kind of being what everyone has wanted from the Vikings okay time of possession Vikings held on to the ball for 34 56. Okay, that's how you beat a better team. Turnover battle, they won three to one. Okay, that's how you beat this better team, right? On third down, the Vikings were eight for 13. Okay, that's how you beat a better team. Like all those markers of success, those big critical statistics, 
where so often you're stepping back and saying, how in the world can you expect to beat the Kansas City Chiefs if this is what you do in the time of possession battle? If this is how you take care of the football? If this is how you, you know what I mean? Like, you know, perform on third down. So all these kind of critical moments, right, and critical statistics that you can kind of pull out and pluck out of the game um, are just looking really impressive. Now, if you wanted to be more negative, or you could say maybe more balanced, it was that sense of, like you're saying, San Francisco kind of suffocated the run game in the second half. Like, it really wasn't there in the same way. The end didn't matter in terms of the times, or in terms of the victory, but it is one of those ones where you hope to still have that, right? Especially as you're kind of milking the clock and that kind of thing. The other thing as well, red zone. You're down on the one-yard line. You're on the two-yard line. You've got multiple plays to punch it in, and you can't give it in. So those are the kind of things where you kind of look at and I think a lot of people who follow the team are, again, having this feeling of like, oh, man, you've got San Francisco on the ropes. you got to get that knockout punch because they're so freaking good. They're so freaking good. You can't just like, I don't know, have this kind of flimsy little punch that doesn't land. you got to take them down because they're a phenomenal football team. And that was, I think, in a lot of ways, my perspective throughout the night was like, oh, my gosh, they left the opportunity out there. They could have scored two touchdowns, you know, kind of deep into the red zone. And Cousins talked about it, man, in his, in his post-game presser. Like, that kind of stuff haunts him. That kind of stuff is just kind of, I think he just kind of thinks about that. Obviously, he's a brainy dude, right? And and that kind of stuff just kind of drives him nuts, I think. Um, so if you really wanted to be negative or, or balance the optimism, you'd kind of look at the red zone stuff, the kind of lack of room in the run game. But even then, you kind of just, you know, they didn't allow a sack, right? Cousins did not get sacked against the 49ers, right? Friggin' Nick Bosa and Hargrave and Eric Armstead. They have a Fred Warner, right? They have tremendous, tremendous, tremendous talent in their front seven. Probably the best front seven in the NFL, right? Just just deep. They can attack you multiple different ways. Uh, just the, the, the amount of top-tier players they have, you're going to have to have one-on-one matchups against at least one or two guys who are very, very good. Right. Like you just, you know what I mean? Like you can double Nick Rosa. Okay, fine. You got to go one on one in Hargrave. Right. Like you can't have, you can't have double teams across the board. And the Vikings held up. Right. And, and Cousins, I mean, O'Connell praised Cousins for it. Cousins praised O'Connell for it. And of course, everyone involved praised the old. Uh, Brian O'Neill, Christian Darisaw, and then the dudes in the middle, Dalton Reisner stepping up. So Ed Ingram, you know what I mean? Not having that back breaking mistake. So, boy, I, you know, you step back away from that game i think overall i think you just you have to feel so good i mean it was 22 17 it wasn't necessarily this like perfect game where every single thing broke right for the vikings they missed a pat they missed a field goal they didn't convert a couple you know red red zone um opportunities right from the one two yard line multiple plays in each instance and yet time of possession turnovers running the ball in the first half zero sacks third down stuff like this, they're not fully there yet, but that's really the game the Vikings want to play, right? But that's really when you talk about like last week, they don't have an identity. Like, what's their freaking identity right now? There, that that's what it should look like. I think. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think that's basically what everyone's hoping for, right? In a lot of ways, right? And like again, I I know you you talk like you're not going to have a perfect game. Um, no, and 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 that, yeah. and I guess like. Very rarely do you have a perfect game. Very rarely. Very right. Rarely. And I, like, again, 
you feel different about it because they won versus that they lost about those missed opportunities in the red zone. Um, but like, that's a solid team. And if you look at it, yeah. the body against body, like the Vikings, again, the, it's not easy to score in the red zone. Like it, like it is and it isn't. And like, you think about you, the Vikings versus the 49ers on, on the two yard line, like, you're going to take the 49ers just you talked about that front seven. Uh, I'll say this, yeah. and this might sound like I'm overthinking it or like overcomplicating it, but I think that we're, there was something about last night, the fact that they didn't complete those plays that yep. almost kept them more mentally engaged in this team, like, or in this game. Like you, you see this team, like it's continued to be one score game after one score game after one score game. Every single game this year has been one score. And and I think, like, obviously, it's stupid to think that, like, a field goal is any, like, better than a touchdown. Like, there's no way. But I think there was something about last night where it just felt like the Vikings knew that it was never, like, oh, okay, we've we've built ourselves a bit of a comfortable lead. Like, even when it was, um, what was it, 1906, uh, one point, like, the 49ers went right down the field. And uh, like, like that yeah. that play, I was like, okay, Three plays. Like, it was just like you know, I was like, Kittle and McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah, it was like, all right, this is uh, th- this yep. is what they can do. Uh, and other than that, like again, you talk about you can look at Kirk Cousins, uh, mm-hmm. you can look at uh, Addison had a fantastic game. Uh, the you, you did talk about the offensive line, like the pocket that Cousins had, like he got rid of the ball quick. Um, it was decisive and and he yeah you could even see on the some of the red zone plays you could see that his first and second options uh weren't there and he had to kind of yeah. scramble to yeah. figure out like you knew that exactly. he was looking for often exactly. he was looking for Hawkinson and like you could see him exactly. looking and it was like well that's not it that yeah. covered yeah. They, yeah they they just made it work and um again I think that one of the best performances from this defense probably like I think probably fair to say the, the best the best the, the best the season the best. Uh, and the yeah. best by far from the offense well i mean look in this kind of endless is Kirk cousins franchise quarterback we're certainly not going to settle it right now but a franchise quarterback is basically exactly what you just said cousins just made it work right at one point <laughs> you know the second half his his receiving trio was kj osborne brandon powell and tristan jackson so you've got, if I'm not mistaken, Sam, you've got a fifth-round receiver alongside two UDFAs at receiver. And let's not forget, Brandon Powell is actually, I believe, a running back who converted the wide receiver. Now, it's no disrespect to those dudes. Like, they're decent ball players. Powell made some excellent plays. KJ Osborne with the hand catches, snatching that ball out of the air. Fantastic. He was dialed in, right? Tristan Jackson, first career reception, right? So, like, again, they made some plays. But I guarantee coming into this year, Kevin O'Connell wasn't scheming up, you know what I mean? His 11 personnel with Powell and Tristan Jackson and friggin' KJ Osborne, right? And so it's like, but Cousins made it work. And those are those ones where it's like, when you look at those great players, those great quarterbacks, right? And I'm not even going to mention the names because I don't want people to kind of misconstrue what I'm saying, that Cousins is therefore X, Y, and Z, but they just find a way to make it work, right? And there was never a point, again, this is your other point, there was never a time in the game when it felt like the offense could just ease off. Throughout the whole second half, it kind of felt like 
the offense kind of had to keep the pedal down, right? And it's it's not that's not necessarily an indictment on the defense. It was more so just this recognition that San Francisco can score in a hurry. Like they they, they proved that they can score in a hurry and get you off balance, right? And so you know Cameron Bynum, God bless him, he had the knockout blow at the end of the game, two straight interceptions, phenomenal, phenomenal stuff, right? Um, but Cousins, Cousins, man, to me gets the game ball. Uh, he just found a way to make it work, right? And for all the stuff with hanging in the pocket, yes. Also, his way to move around the pocket, right? Like his 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 pocket presence from 2018, from when he first got here to 2023 to where he is now, it's just like it's just like night and day, man. Like he's he's so much better in the pocket. He was he's always been tough. He's always been willing to take a shot. He's always been willing to hang in there. He's always been a fiery competitor, but that give that Brady shuffle where it's like, you're not, you're not like, you're like Lamar Jackson or Mike Vick or or someone who's like ultra mobile, like Josh Allen. Right. But you kind of move around the pocket and they play the pocket a little bit, get that a little extra time and then pass phenomenal, phenomenal quarterback play. Right. And, and even, even the interception it's bad, but it's not like egregiously bad. Right. He gave his guy a shot. Corner made a great play. You hate that it's on the opening drive. You hate that it comes off some positive plays, that positive uh, run by Alexander Madison to start. But boy, his cousins play well, as well, as good as he's played. Really, like he just was phenomenal. Right, and it, and even like you talk about the interception, like it almost seemed like um, Addison remembered that the next time, and like you look at that play right before yeah. the half, like fantastic, like. Yeah. I think Addison had a better chance of grabbing the first ball that was yes. than than yes. the second one. Like it like, was a bad throw from Cousins. It was too far behind Addison. It was it was bad, and he just he took it and ran with it. And like like there was the one you talked yeah. about Cousins moving around the pocket. Like I can't remember the exact yeah. play, but there was one time I was like, he should have been sacked, and he Definitely. like squeezed through whatever hole and and made yep. a play. Uh, and yep. just just maybe to make a, a note, like. You think about those guys, um, those those receiving core that he had. Like Osborne's not a small guy, but Addison, Powell, right. uh, Jackson, like th- yeah. they're not big dudes. Um, yeah, it was. A I mean, pretty... Jackson's long, but he's not like he's not like DK Metcalf, no, or it, Calvin Johnson. But he, he's pretty long. But I see your point. It's like small... you're kind of losing something there, right? A little bit. And Jefferson's got that that length as well. Where he kind of makes the work. He's got those long arms. So it's, yeah, it's kind of a thing, right? Like they were, they had some pretty small receivers out there last yeah. night. Um, yeah, but yeah. made it work. It, anyways, just. Yeah. Very, like, very. O'Connell played to their strengths though, right? Right. Yeah. It's those crossing routes. It's bunch formations. It's this kind of thing. It's kind of moving stuff around. The one indictment on Connell was that punt in the fourth quarter. That punt in the fourth quarter, you know, you could see the headlines coming. Kirk Cousins wasn't scared, but Kevin O'Connell sure was, you know, or something to that to that effect, right? And it's like, it's if if San Francisco drove down the field and took the lead and never gave it back, Kevin O'Connell would be taking some serious, serious, serious heat right now because that was a poor decision. And I know the execution wasn't good on the punts, right? They were supposed to pin him at like the one or two yard line. I get that, uh, but that was that was weak. It, it was. made him look good. Cameron Bynum made him look good. But that was that was the bad, that was a bad decision, potentially the bad decision that could have really kind of formally sunk the season. 
Right. And I think this is the challenge is that you've got in a situation like that, uh, there's analytics of whether to go for it or not. And I think yeah, the numbers would say it. you go for it. Yep. And then you also look at how the game was going and like Cousins exactly. repetitively was able to get yardage when they needed to, like on third down, like even just the way they on several third and longs, uh, like they talked about yeah. uh, the 49ers think coming into this game, it had only given up one uh, third down when it was third and over 10 yards. Uh, really? Frig, I didn't see that. If, if I remember seeing that, that stat, right. It was, it was, uh, I think it was, they were one for 19 coming into the, to the game, like oh. the opposing offense was, and they just, they made it work. So I, I, you think that you, you give cousins the ball there and let him do it. Like, it just felt like they were able to, when they needed to uh, make those plays. So again, this is, it, it is so much more fun talking about wins, especially a win like this than oh, yeah. losses. Oh yeah. And, and so I, I want to wrap up with this because I know you look at the, the Viking schedule ahead and yeah. it's an interesting stretch now, right? We talked about as we look mm-hmm. at the schedule and we look at chunks, like getting past the 49ers and, and even to be three and four again is not ideal. But I think if you said this team would be four and three at this point uh, versus three and four, like, Again, yeah. you'd be a little bit disappointed, but it's yeah. not like we knew that this the start was going to be tough. Uh, and so you've yeah. got this stretch. And again, this is the challenge is that you can go yeah. through these waves of a season where you like a couple of weeks ago, everyone's ready to sell everything. And even as they look at trade <laughs> yeah, trade boards, straight. like yeah. now it's like you come off of a game. It's to be seen, but the Vikings, that game last night could be the season altering game if they do something could about be. it. And could be. And so you've got now, like I was looking at the trade bait board, and you've got Neil Hunter, you've got Kirk Cousins, yeah. and you've got Harrison Smith that were all on there. And again, you got the deadline a week from today, uh, October 31st. What's your sense now? Because again, you you probably want to wait until that Green Bay game uh, next week exactly. to do anything. But like, yeah. it does feel like they they've made it a hard decision for uh, Quizzy Mensa now to figure out like what do you do because uh, mm-hmm. something happened last night that was different yeah. all season long. Okay, so two things about Quizzy, right? So this dude is he's a numbers guy. Right, his background is in economics, investing, this kind of thing. He understands, and he kind of he he kind of cut his teeth in the NFL with the Niners doing the analytics, probabilities, percentages, this kind of stuff. He understands better than anyone. Put Sam and I's brain together, amp it up. We still don't understand as much as Quasi does when it comes to probabilities and what's likely to happen, right? And so at two and four, guaranteed Quasi do Flamenza had a very good understanding of what the chances are for the Vikings to find success, i.e. make it to the playoffs, win games once there, win the Super Bowl, etc. He understands it, guaranteed. Next thing I'll say, that there is, and I think we talked about this, Sam, excuse me, there's never been a time in the NFL, like the, the three peak trading times, NFL draft, preseason, especially the end, and then NFL trade deadline. Those are your kind of three main trading periods in the NFL calendar. He's had five opportunities now at it. He's been through two drafts, two preseasons, and one trade deadline. And never once has he stayed on the sidelines, right? So we've got five examples from these kind of 
peak moments hasn't stayed on the sidelines. Doesn't necessarily guarantee he's going to join the fun, but there's a pretty good chance. Pretty good chance. Especially if the Vikings go, you know, into the Lambo and get the win and get to 500. Now you're four and four. You're going to still be without Jefferson for a week, but you get him back pretty darn soon, right? The Green Bay game will be uh, game number three that he's out. You'll miss the Falcons game week nine, week 10 against the Saints at home. You've got the chance to get Jefferson back. And so I'm just not going to be at all surprised if Quasi Dovamenza goes into the trade deadline and says to himself, I want to get someone akin to TJ Hawkinson. And what I mean by that is somebody who's a top tier performer, who is basically mid 20s kind of range, right? Who is, for whatever reason, not going to stick around his current team. And so you think of Sweat, Montez Sweat, Chase Young with Washington. You think of Brian Burns with Carolina. You think of all some of these, like especially pass rusher, right? Where like Davenport, when he's on the field, he's great. Hasn't been able to stay on the field. And that's always been the concern with Davenport, right? It's just not going to be that surprising if Quasey kind of reaches into his draft picks. He has eight in 2024, right? If he reaches into his draft picks and goes and gets one of these dudes, Right. And basically says, like, here you go, Mr. Flores. Here's another weapon for you. Like, let's let's amp up this defense just a little bit further. Right. Let, let's just make it a little more dangerous, because especially since Davenport, when he is healthy and available, they, they move him all around. Right. He's lined up over the center. He's lined up over the guard. Man, so you could you could have, you know, Hunter Burns, Davenport. Fantastic. Right. Fantastic. You talk about three deep right now. Like. There, there's potential there, especially if you're if you're 500. And these games, Sam. Okay, so week eight, Packers. Packers suck. I mean, it, it, I mean, they might still win because I'm not sure if you're fully convinced by the Vikings. You know, it's on the road, it's a division game. Packers freaking suck. Okay, the Falcons are in week nine. They're pretty good. Saints, yeah, they're teetering on being a crappy team. Week eleven is the Broncos, and week twelve is the Bears. So Packers suck. They're week eight. Week eleven, week twelve is De- Broncos, Bears. They both suck. In between them, week nine, week ten is the Saints and the Falcons. Are the Saints and the Falcons, excuse me? And they're like at best average. Yep. So you get three bad teams and two average teams in your next five games. And you have the potential, maybe, to add some, you know, a dynamic defender, perhaps to that front seven, right? To get Justin Jefferson back into the folds, right? And to do so at 500 or right, you know, right by 500. Right now, Quasey might be a buyer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if, if they drop the game and they go to three and five, then maybe you just stand pat. Maybe you do something kind of timid. I don't know. But it's going to be interesting because that game against the Packers is the 29th. And like, so Halloween is the trade deadline. And so that's Sunday night. And then the Monday and the Tuesday, it's going to be interesting to see uh, kind of what the Vikings do here. The man likes to trade. Like there's, there's no debating it. And and he wants specifically those competitive rebuild players. Someone like Hawkinson makes you competitive in the moment, but is young enough to rebuild for the future. And if he can get a 25-year-old or 24-year-old pass rusher, well, that's just perfect. According to the GM, that's perfect for where he wants to go. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny, eh? Like we've just been sitting here and you yeah. you can you can even look at the the podcast titles. You Talking about Caleb Williams, talking about just like, <laughs> I forget we did that title. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, and like I think yeah. we've we've understood. Like I, 
but we understood that they have not been playing up to their potential, but um, yeah. they, like yeah. each game is important. And so you do kind of have to ride the wave and, and just putting in solid performances yeah. without results uh, doesn't do a whole lot, but it is, I am just laughing, sitting here thinking, and I, I think probably fair to say that even after those two wins, it wasn't like, oh man, like they're really doing it. It was still like <laughs> kind of slid by those teams and you needed to win that and you barely did. Um, but mm-hmm. yep. there was something that happened last night. And if that, this is uh, putting yep. the pieces together, um, I was going to jokingly ask, but uh, I don't want to get clipped. Uh, I was going to say, you know what? They're two and zero without a certain someone in the lineup. Uh, <laughs> right. 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 Uh, but, but you think about like, even just to, to go all the way back to when you were talking about like the 49ers had injuries, but the Vikings are missing. I was going to say sort of the Vikings, the, the, their best yeah. player. Um, yeah. Top five player in the NFL. Uh, yeah, like, exactly. It's yeah. so like, whatever. Uh, so exactly. I'm, I'm yeah. really curious and to, to see what they do. And it is just so funny that went from, from feeling like it was sellers to, ah, you know what do you buy? And again, it's a different buy. It's not a, it's not a rental of a uh, an older guy. It's like you said, someone that fits right. into that competitive rebuild. So Precisely, we'll, exactly. We'll, uh, we'll we'll see what happens, but um, you know what? You just you got to thank this team for keeping you on your toes and just for for keeping you engaged in the process because it's just it's not a dull moment. And I always love when you have these national games uh, when I think people get to see what this team actually is because um, yep. They, you get a glimpse of of what Vikings fans see week in and week out. So, um, anyways, mm-hmm. the, lots of fun. Um, hopefully, they can put it again, again next week uh, against the Packers. And yeah, we'll be back to to see. And and I think again, the trade deadline just does really put some pressure. I think on what this team does. Not to say that they have to do something. And I think uh, mm-hmm. the trade deadline usually is not a big event in the nfl in terms of a ton of pieces it's growing though but it is it's it's, it's not like the nhl but it's 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 getting more exciting so it's it's gonna be interesting again i i just um the vikings have have made it interesting and that's fun that's exactly so we'll uh we'll wrap up there thanks everyone for listening uh again this is this is uh, quite the journey, quite the roller coaster. Uh, but buckle in because still got over over half a season left. Um, again, check out Vikings coverage at purpleptsd.com, vikingsterritory.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll be back next Monday to talk about the Packers game. Have a good week, everyone. Bye.